Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Please do subscribe and share us through your podcast provider. Give us a rating too. That helps us a lot in growing the show. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. As the country eases out of lockdown, where's the world-class tracing system we were promised? Jeremy Hunt says there's no point doing it if you can't let people know immediately. And at the moment, it's taking five days. Comment editor Susanna Butter. As former health secretary Jeremy Hunt warns the system as it stands is too slow and... Quarry Bank Mill up near Manchester not that long before we had to close and I love the way that you know the river winds through the valley and would love to see all the rhododendrons at the moment. The National Trust Simon Toomer as it begins to open up some of its parks and gardens to the public again. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the UK is coming out of lockdown, but are we really ready for it? This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. The former health secretary, Jeremy Hunt, written in the Evening Standard, warning the UK needs to massively speed up its coronavirus testing system. He says it needs to be a 24-hour turnaround time. It's currently a median of 48. And he's been told a care home in his constituency had to wait a week for results for some of its residents. Our editorial column says the government isn't giving the country what it was promised. International comparisons show Britain has had one of the highest COVID-19 death rates in the world, overtaken on current numbers only by Spain. What's the route out of this disaster? Quick, large-scale testing to find those who have been infected, a capable system to trace people who have come into contact with them and clear rules on isolation to stop them spreading it further. Countries such as South Korea and Germany, which have done well in the fight, have been doing this for months. Here, at last, it's happening too. Next week, we will see if the system works. Early wobbles, such as staff not being able to log on to the system, are understandable, but officials now say it will take until the end of next month to get it running at full speed. That's not what the Prime Minister promised nine days ago when he told MPs... We will have a test, track and trace operation uh, that will be world-beating and yes, it will be in place, it will be in place by June the 1st. A lot needs to happen fast to even get close. 
Our comment editor, Susanna Butters, with me. And Susanna, in his column for The Standard, Jeremy Hunt seems to suggest that, at least in terms of testing, the country is not quite ready to come out of lockdown. Yeah, in his piece today, Jeremy Hunt says that the government have done a lot and we clearly do have the capacity for, as Boris Johnson put it in his very Boris Johnson way, a world-beating system. But it kind of sounds like they've started without quite being ready. He says there's no point doing it if you can't let people know immediately. And at the moment it's taking five days. He says that for it to work, we need a 24-hour turnaround of tests, which is why it worked in South Korea and Taiwan. And and you need the testing capacity to do that. You need the volunteers. So there's still a lot of logistics. What he doesn't say is maybe there's an element of the government were firefighting for a long time. Um, lots of them were ill. Boris Johnson, Dominic Cummings, Matt Hancock, they were all out of action for a long time. So there is an element of playing catch up with all this. And yet we have met the five tests that Boris Johnson set to ease lockdown. People will be starting to leave their houses from Monday. But do you, Susanna, believe that there is a confidence to get up out of the sofa and out of the house after so many weeks of being inside? I think it might be a feeling fed up rather than confidence. <laughs> I think it's sunny. There's People think it, the disease can't spread if they're outside. Um, there's a sense that kind of we've been through so much. Now it's the time to see people. But I think it's a very varied picture. I think there's a lot of people who are still really scared. And these kind of strange dribs and drabs of uncertain rules aren't helping. There's people saying kind of, well, what's if I can see six people, why can't I see eight people? And it's just all a bit confusing still. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's going to be a big celebration. We are apparently allowed to have barbecues, but I wonder how many people actually will. And whether they'll have two metre long skewers to keep everybody apart. And I mean, it's, Again, it's mixed because there's, on the one hand, it's wonderful to see businesses in London reopening, selling iced coffee and Aperol spritz and people people coming out again. Like London isn't a ghost town anymore and that's brilliant. Um, But on the other hand, I think people are still processing a lot of trauma. Um, I think people will be scared to go on the tube. People don't know how far to to push the rules and there's still this odd sense of you can see people but you can't hug them we we still need that clarity and that security and i don't know if we're going to have that for some time so i mean there's there's a kind of mental recalibration going on there's also the sense that this week's been catastrophic for trust in the government after dominic cummings um which i think could undermine the track and trace if they're asking you to isolate and people are doubting their behaviour, I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. Yeah, it's trust and that clarity on rules. And right now, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of either, does it? Yeah, no, no trust, no clarity. We've just got to hope that we've seen the peak. We've got to look at other countries. And yeah, but I think that the Track and Trace app could be promising. And as Jeremy Hunt says, we built a Nightingale Hospital in 10 days. We can... We can turn things around quickly if we put our minds to them and target them in the right way. Next. This first week, we are able to open 29 parks and gardens and booking for those started this morning. And I'm I'm told, as I said, it's, it's going very briskly. Simon Toomer from the National Trust on why they're opening some parks, but you won't be able to go in the houses yet. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even with lockdown restrictions easing, a lot of the UK will stay shut. We can finally go outside, but go where? Well, the National Trust may be able to help out. They've announced a phased reopening of some of their parks and gardens from June 3rd. And their spokesman, Simon Toomer, is with me now. Simon, after all these weeks with all that land closed off, it must be nice to start opening things up again. It really is. It really is fantastic because, you know, even a week or two ago, you know, we'd anticipated and started to build up to an opening and then it was put on, on hold for another week. So, no, it's been frustrating, but we're really pleased to be opening now. I'm aware that in some regions and some areas, you know, people will look at the list online and say, well, there's nothing that close to me. Uh, you know, just, just to emphasize, this is only for the first three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. After that, you know, we're hoping that many, many more gardens will come on streams. So please bear with us and be patient. And we, we're getting gardens open as quickly as we can. What sort of things can people get access to them? This really is based on changing government advice and, and guidance and rules on opening public facilities. So the rules have changed so that now pay to enter public gardens are now accessible. So when people come, they will be able to they will be able to visit the garden, the park, but still not the house. There's no access to restaurants or shops still. So it's really the gardens and parks. Really, in a way, it's like a, a very grand version of what people are allowed to do at home. Then you can have some friends around, but they can't go into the house. Exactly. But um, I don't know about you, but my garden's a tiny little garden, um, which I love very much. But it's not like you know, going to one of our gardens and seeing the splendour of all the, of all the, the flowers and the plants and, and parks as well, you know, are, are quite extensive with you know, deer herds and all the rest of it. So, it, you know, it's for most people, particularly those who don't have access to a lovely garden, it's a major, major improvement. I think it's going to be a little bit different for people. And as I understand it, you have to pre-book these visits what sort of response have you had from people do you get the feeling that people have been waiting for something anything to get out and do yeah absolutely i heard a report this morning that the booked places are selling like hot cakes so um this first week we are able to open 29 parks and gardens and booking for those started this morning i'm told it's as i said it's, it's going very briskly so what we're asking people to do and this is for safety reasons is that they book in advance so whether you're a member or a non-member we're asking people to go to the nationaltrust.org website and book a half an hour slot it's not a visit slot it's a half an hour arrival slot so if you're a member obviously you won't pay but you need to book as well you arrive with your ticket which will probably for many people will be on their phone if you're a non-member you'll have booked in you'll come with a you know a ticket likewise but there is a there is a charge if people can stick to those half an hour slots it'll it'll make it much better for us to be able to manage the people flow and make it much safer and then there'll be all sorts of guidance when people arrive you know there'll be good signage uh, people to help them and guide them um, to keep it all safe but once in the garden i'm confident the the sort of safety measures won't detract from people's experience of the garden is there any particular house or garden that you are especially pleased 
to be reopening in this first phase? Is the one is you've thought that's a good one. Let's get that open. There's a few really. Um, I mean, I'm very fortunate in my job in that I travel all over the place and I see you know a lot of amazing gardens. I love, for example, I was quarry bank mill up near manchester not that long before we had to close and i love the way that you know the river winds through the valley and would love to see all the rhododendrons at the moment you know um, we're probably past the peak of rhododendron season but there there will still be still be plenty of flowers there are so many aren't there um i mean hidcote unfortunately near where i live in gloucestershire won't be open this week but i'm hoping it'll be open very soon and i'd love to get back there as well and just one final question with a lot of people probably going to be having to cancel holidays and things it's nice that there's something here for us to go and do and appreciate and maybe take some breaks and then enjoy ourselves in. Yeah, I think so. And because we've got a large number of gardens with a very good geographical spread, it means that people don't have to go so far. And you know, I think people are becoming increasingly conscious of you know not wanting to travel too far. I often think it's that first stage between urban situations and the, and the real sort of wilderness you know they're, they're places where you can access nature and be near nature and the sounds and smells of nature very very easily and very quickly in a safe way so uh, they're unique in that in that way and that's what fascinates me about gardens And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm.